to join us and talk about what we've been seeing, particularly in these financials. Um, you know, there's a really good feeling about the market overall. You had Netflix and buying across the board. Morgan Stanley had some good numbers. I know some of these banks have since turned around. But what were your thoughts as it hit a new 52-week high for Morgan Stanley? Well, I think if you look at the financials, it's really sort of a tale of two cities. On the one hand, you have those banks who have a substantial sort of brick and mortar presence in, in Main Street, retail banking and corporate banking, commercial banking. And then you have those investment banks who are primarily focused or exclusively focused on trading, investment banking and the markets. Uh, and they, of course, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs. And those two banks did fantastically well this quarter and this year. So Morgan Stanley turned in its best year ever. Goldman Sachs had a fantastic quarter in Q4. Uh, it was really very, very impressive. The other banks that have more of this sort of retail banking presence, the JP Morgans, the B of A's, the, the Citibank's Wells Fargo, had a lot more difficulty. So they struggled a bit. But one thing that was really interesting to note with those banks is that they had set aside a lot of cash earlier on this year, or last year, sorry, last year during the COVID first lockdown uh, to deal with credit losses and loan defaults and stuff like that. Those have not come to pass. So things are not nearly as bad as they thought they were going to be. So they've able to now reverse those the reserves, those loan losses they put aside and have that contribute to profits. So that gave them a bit of an upwind, but the overall business did not look that good. The, the, the retail and corporate banking side looked a bit weak. Right. Yeah. And I, I see what you're saying, the difference between those that have the brick and mortar presence, the retail presence versus those that are, are truly just investment banking and trading. Um, that being said, when you when you spin this forward and taking those reserves now and putting it to work, because they did put aside a lot of money just in case, to your point, um, what do you see going forward for the banks? Does this tale of two cities continue? Which names may lead and why? Well, it looks by all indications like Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs are going to carry on doing really well. But I must say, if you look at their stock prices, it would seem that the market is betting that's not going to happen. So, in fact, Morgan Stanley and, and Goldman Sachs are actually looking pretty cheap on, on price earnings multiples. They have P ratios of about 11 or 12 at the moment, which is pretty low compared to the market overall. And it's certainly much lower than you see for most tech stocks that have P ratios of probably three times higher, if not more. So, I think... All indications are the market's going to carry on doing well. So I would expect equities trading to do particularly well in, in, in Q1 this year. So as you pointed out, we're hitting new records. That's going to be very good for those trading activities. And there's not much to indicate that on the sort of the retail banking side, things will get much better. Unless COVID suddenly goes away entirely and we start to see much better numbers coming out there and people just returning to work all over the place. I think your average consumer is somewhat reluctant to spend money. And that's something that we've seen. So the transaction volumes have come down. The loans that people carry on their credit cards have come down. Lending overall has come down. So I don't see that turning around any time in Q1 or in Q2. So I think the, your consumer is going to be fairly cautious until they're very certain this is behind us now and they can start spending money again. Yeah, you make a great point about a cautious consumer. I, you know, I'm not sure what spooked folks because... You know, we started to see over a million travelers, people, it seemed like we had that reopening happening. And then there was a lot more talk about more strains and more deaths. And I think after the holidays, people just got straight up spooked, spooked. Um, when you talk about Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs being relatively cheap, particularly compared to the rest of the market, are they cheaper and more a value play than some of the other banks? 
because you talked about Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, how they sold off, but they're great positions, um, positioned well as companies versus some of the other banks. I don't know if you want to compare it to J.P. Morgan Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or maybe it's regional banks, or, or I don't know. How do you differentiate? Well, the regional banks are, are an interesting group. And if, if you look back at sort of the, their stock price performance over the course of the past month, it's actually been stellar. They've done quite well. I mean, stellar. They're up like 15, 20%, many of them, sometimes, sometimes some of them more. So that end of the market yeah. uh, has done very well the past month. They've, they've done really well. Uh, it's sometimes confusing what the market does. You know, Goldman Sachs came out with these fabulous earnings and, and the stock market rewarded it by pushing its stock price down 2% the very next day or the day the earnings came out. Uh, so markets don't always behave in the short term the way you might like them to or you think they might or, or should be behaving. But uh, I, I think it looks pretty good for them overall. The regional stocks got pummeled during the early COVID uh, meltdown. So if you look at what happened back in April uh, and May of last year, in terms of those regional stocks, regional bank stocks, they got hit because people thought they were going to have enormous credit losses and didn't have that investment banking side to hold them up. So they got hit really hard, but they have bounced back yeah. even harder. So some of them right. have doubled or tripled in price since then. Ask you this as you talk about a cautious consumer who's reluctant to spend loans are down you talked about uh, also the transaction price the amount that people are spending is dropping so it does show what a, a consumer is on the more cautious side so what's your outlook for markets generally like the s p 500 or the nasdaq or is it a certain sector are you going to see you know tech do great or how do you look at 2021 here well, I think the major driver are low interest rates, and that's what's driving this market. There's such a wall of liquidity that's come in, and that's going to carry on propping up the market. So any stock that has sort of long-term growth prospects is going to do particularly well in a low interest rate environment. So those future earnings become worth more and more as interest rates go down. So that's what's pushed so many of these tech stocks through the roof is the fact that they, or stocks like Tesla, if you will, that have this sort of future growth story as opposed to uh, stocks that don't have that. So as long as the Fed carries on playing this game, I would expect those stocks in particular to do well, but the stock market overall to do well. As soon as the Fed changes direction, things are likely to get a bit ugly. So I think most market participants on the institutional side are watching the Fed very, very closely and understand that's what's pushing and propping up these stock markets prices. So as soon as the Fed changes its mind and starts to say, okay, maybe we should start to tighten a bit now, I think everyone's going to run for the exits at the same time and you'll see a fairly severe correction. Now, I've no idea when that happens. Mm. You'll have to talk to the Fed about what they're planning. But I expect to see that happen. As soon as they start to think about it even or talk about it, a lot of investors are going to jump out to that and jump into bonds or into cash and, and sit on the sidelines for a while.